Good morning and welcome to our 50th show of Taking Care of Business live, excitedly live in the Art PFM studios today. Happy you could join us as you eavesdrop on a very interesting conversation. Today is Fast and Furious with 10 experts all giving us their top five tips so as I said earlier on the Heather Mack show just prior to this, it's either going to be brilliant or a complete disaster, but you won't know until you listen to the end, so stay tuned. Uh, buckle up, we're in for a wild, fun ride this hour. Uh, all taking care of business since our first show has been brought to you by our friends at EVU Real Estate, and I, so I thought it was appropriate to welcome Jared Carmen from EVU in Mornington as our first guest Hi, Jackie. How are you Hi, going? Hi, Jared. Oh, excited, really excited Fantastic. about today. Now, you've opened a new office in Mornington. We certainly you? have. Uh, 176 Main Street. We opened at the start of July. Great. But yeah, it's going really well. It's uh, been received very well by the local community. So it's great. Fantastic. And you, you locally? You live yes, locally? Yes, I live locally. live in Mount Martha um, and the principal of the Mornington office. Yeah. Fantastic, Jared. Now, in keeping with today's theme, and I don't want to feel like I'm rushing you, but I'm going to. I've got my my egg timer. Our uh, egg timer here. It's actually not an egg timer. It's a garlic timer. But uh, in keeping with today's theme, our top five tips. So, what are your top five tips for buying a property? For buying a property, yeah. Um, buy a home that you love. I think a lot of people have gotten too caught up in making money, just money out of property, and forgotten to actually love the property that they're they're looking at purchasing. Uh, I'd probably, I would definitely research areas. A simple way to do that is not just online. I think a lot of people look online, but to actually drive around areas, yep. have a good look, see what time people are coming and going, um, see what sort of demographic is there, um, and the socioeconomics of the area as yep. well. Okay. Um, I wouldn't overanalyze. So this people, is number this two. Is, that's that's. Well, I've already moved to number three. Oh, number three. I, I know, Sorry, I know I you're missed, on this. I missed number two. Schedule. What was number two? Number two was research. Research, areas. right? Yeah. Okay. So, number. So buy, buying a home that you love is number yep, one. Number one. I see yep. that. Um, research areas. Yep. Number um, three. Number three is don't overanalyze. A lot of people tend to overanalyze the situation and they paralyze themselves so yeah. they don't act. Yeah. Um, number four would be to enlist great agents. A fantastic of agent. Course. Of course, oh, that should be number one. Surely. I know. I didn't want to jump to number one there because people. <laughs> it was a bit obvious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a bit yeah, too yeah. obvious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, find someone that you think is you feel is honest yeah. and is actually there to help you. Yeah, like them. You've got to like them, don't you? You do have to like them. Yeah. Um, there's a lot in that. People, mm. if we're honest with them, people will be honest with us back, and that's really, really important. You need to trust them, and um, and we ask that of people: be honest with us, because then we can help. Yeah. It's very important. Number five. Uh, make sure your finance is in place. Mm. A lot of people don't do that. They don't get their finance in place before they go and look at homes. And it amazes me that um, they don't really know what they're looking for. So they stab in the dark for quite a while. But if they've got their finance in place, yep. they know what they, they can buy. And then look at things below your price and look at things above your price. Just so you, you feel comfortable about okay, what you're Okay, they're buying. good tips. All right, now your top five tips of selling a property. Yes, selling. Presentation is key. Presentation is everything. Uh, if you don't put effort into uh, presenting your property, you're really wasting your time on the marketplace. People like to like to get emotional about a home, so yes. they need to walk in and feel that it can be their, their and home. And they've got to imagine themselves in the home, Correct. don't they? So having photos of yourself is not a good idea because it's no. reminding people it's not their home, Correct. potentially. You need to create the dream for them. Yeah. Create yes. the dream for them yes. that they can step straight into the property and visualise themselves there. So, mm. And you need to appeal to the common denominator. People walk into display homes for a reason. They love the look at them 
and it actually it really works. So yeah, right. presentation. So number one's gate. presentation. Yes. Number two, timing of when you go on the market. Uh-huh. Really, really important. Um, Should you always sell in spring? No, not necessarily. Um, there's there's more things at play there. There's political reasons when they announced the budget, things slowed. Uh, football finals, not surprisingly, around grand final, it comes to a complete halt. Victorians come to a yeah, dead stop. they've got other things to do. Yep, end of financial year. There's more political things that, that are in play rather than just the seasons. Seasonal seasonal selling isn't as important. So when's a great one. time? When, when would you sell your house? Uh, when you're ready to and when you're ready to move. Mm. Not, so much, um, not so much seasonally. There is more activity generally around spring and summer, um, but I wouldn't hold off. We've got some amazing results through winter this year because there wasn't as much on the market. So when it's right for you is the right time to sell. Great. What number are we up to? Three? That's two. Number three number we're up three. to now. Um, not surprisingly, choose the right agent. Right, yes. <laughs> number four, uh, we know that. That's actually, a no-brainer. No but see, see who's active <laughs> yeah. in the area. See who's active. You need to really gel with them. That's okay. that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number four would be marketing. Right. Get the marketing right for your home and don't skimp on it. Competition will get you the greatest result. What do you mean by marketing? Like the brochures? Yeah, not just brochures. Photos. Photos are important. Photos mm. are really the key to it. Mm. If people aren't doing professional photography for their homes, yeah. you, you're wasting your time going to the marketplace, yeah. really. And I see people still doing it. Um, getting a broader reach is very important. So there's websites, but print marketing still has a place. A lot right. of people write it off. Yeah. It is very, very important. So if you use a good agent, they'll better advise you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. We're there to advise, we're there to help, and we're there to make people more money. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah, because if they make more money, you make more money. Yeah, it's not just about us. It's really not about no, us No, but it's got to work for everyone. It it's got to be, be a win-win it's for It's a win-win, absolutely. absolutely. Number it's five? Win-win. Price to attract. Oh, okay. Price your home to attract people, and that's got nothing to do with under-quoting. If you, tend to, if you put your home on too high, People are so well-researched now, they'll just skim past it. They just won't even look at it. So price it appropriately and attractively. And I guess don't be too greedy because you'll you'll end up burning your own marketplace. Beautiful. That's great, Jared. And you know what? We've finished right on time. How's that? I love it. I love it. Thank you very much. Garlic timer works. Yeah, my garlic timer's working. <laughs> now, our next guest, a lot of our... Listeners, our loyal listeners will know of him. Uh, it was my predecessor and the first host of Taking Care of Business, the godfather of Taking Care of Business, Brody Guzay. <laughs> Welcome back to your old stomping uh, ground. Well, um, no one does it as well as you, my dear. I, you know, I might have started it, but hey, under your stewardship, it's just blossomed into something completely new. So, oh, you had to, to say, you had to say that. <laughs> Not anyway, at all. welcome back. It's great Thank to have you, you in Thank here. You. Now, you've had a lot of experience in business over the years you've owned a lot of very successful businesses Mm -hmm. so i'm really keen to hear your top five business tips please okay working on the basis this is small business right right? it's not not major business okay the first thing to do is trust uh, there's a number five i'm starting with are you starting the other way around of course you are okay we're going five so it's a countdown yeah it is right trust your professional uh, and we just heard from Jared is that you've got uh, if you're going to get someone that tells you use brochures use this do what they say if you don't like it change professionals don't get them to change what their advice is okay, it's because it's all of, if they believe it and you don't then there's no point in asking them just to give you something else because yep. then they're going to give you something they don't believe and that's mm-hmm. number, number four do more than the minimum than when it gets to your bookwork. Bookwork is the ultimate killer of any small business. It drags you down. It's the big weight. You, you, you're stuck in at home. You're working away. Nothing matches, and it just gets worse and worse and worse, and you put it away to one side, and it just sits there and festers like a boil. Don't let it happen. Right. Stay on top of your bookwork. 
and look at it, see it as a positive thing because it'll give you, it'll give you the direction of where you're going. Yeah. So keep on that. Number three, if you plan, don't over plan. You'll just work yourself into a place where nothing will actually get done. So that's what Jared was saying absolutely. about the, um, getting paralysis by analysis. Correct, it, absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And if you sit down and do your business plan and you do it conservatively and then you look at it afterwards, you say, I can't do this because it's too overdeveloped. So don't do that. You must get it to a right level, but don't overplan it. Number two, set achievable targets that you know you're going to achieve. So I say, I'm going to do this for three years. And when you get to three years, then you know that you're either going to stop, sell, close it down, or whatever, or then you're going to move into your next three years. So you have a milestone that you can absolutely and absolutely totally commit to, most important of all. But number one, which is the determinator of whether you are going to be an employer or an employee, is all about the passion. If you don't believe it, if you don't eat it, drink it, sleep it 24 hours a day, if it's not in your bloodstream, if it's not part of your DNA, go work for somebody. Yeah. If it's not your passion, don't do it because you haven't got a job. That's the biggest fall down. Someone can't find a job so they start a business. All that does is take all your all your earnings, all your savings, and just kicks it in the bin, and you just get depressed and suicidal, and it's horrible. Yeah. So don't do that. If That's you really have the passion class. for anything, and there are people like you, there's people out there that are naturally passionate. They they give, and I know it's a cliche, the 110%, but that's the concept of what passion is about. They love it. They just love it. And when you have that, then you're geared to be solo or, or run your own operation. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with working for somebody. Nothing wrong at all. They may have the passion. Your passion for your job but you might not have a passion to run a business. They're two totally different things. You like that, Jared? Absolutely love it. Yeah, it's it's spot on. Perfect. You're number one. I love it, Brody. That's now, me. That's fantastic. We're right on time. Right on time. <laughs> I haven't got that song today. Uh, and uh, so we're going to take a breather and we'll be right back with some more top five tips. You're listening to Jackie Mitchell on RPPFM, taking care of business. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business 50th show, the Fast and Furious show. And that music tells me that it's digital boot camp time, John Young. That's great to be here, Jackie. Oh, so much good. energy in the studio. It's, it's exciting, great. exciting, isn't it? Yes. Oh. Now, your top five. Top five. The time is on. Oh, my God. I haven't got much time. All right. Yeah. First tip, yeah. LastPass. I've talked about it oh, plenty of times. I love LastPass. It's security love and productivity. So if yeah. you want to be more secure online, yeah. if you want to actually be more productive online, yeah. it saves install a lot of time. LastPass. Yeah. Yeah. You can use the free version. You can upgrade to the pay if you want to use it on your mobile for most people free is fine there will be a link on the facebook page for more information Great. about LastPass. Yeah, i've used that since you've recommended it and it's been a life changer it's a it's so it's a password management system yeah. which means you don't have to use the same password on all your sites mm. making you more secure yeah, yeah. it makes you feel more secure but i reckon uh, a day it would save me probably 15 minutes easily easily, easily a yeah. day. i mean look i deal with passwords all day so i'm probably saving even longer because i've got hundreds of passwords mm. but for the regular user like yourself you could easily save 10 to 15 yeah. minutes per day all right. For sure. Yeah, that's a good number. Is that, is that number one? That's number, number one. Number so one. use right. a password security system and we recommend LastPass. Number, number two, two, responsive design. So this yeah. is your website. 
This is making sure that when you're looking at your website on any size screen, it will actually then change to that appropriate size. So you're not trying to look at a big website on a small screen. It will actually then you know, collapse down or move down. So the thing is go to your web developer or maybe it's time for an upgrade on your website and make sure you incorporate responsive design because smartphones uh, we're seeing are being you know, used more and more. And I think uh, latest stats, it's probably sort of 40 to 50% of traffic to your website is probably coming from a smartphone yep, now. Yep. So make sure you're there. Number three is related to social media. And if you're going to do it, which we do recommend, you need to plan for it, you need to be consistent and you must be relevant to your target market. So when I say plan for it, I mean, you know, when will you post? Are you going to post every day or are you going to post every week? How often are you going to do You've that? You've got to commit to You've it. There's no commit. point putting a, a Twitter account or a Facebook page up and go, I've got a Facebook and never monitoring That's it. That's right. So don't just create the account and say, oh, well, yeah, I'm on social media. No, it doesn't work like that. You actually have to be part of it. So create that plan about how often you'll check it. Maybe it's first thing in the morning and you'll, you'll dedicate 10 minutes a day to it. And as soon as someone replies, maybe you will be straight onto it there. So, uh, and also be consistent. And as I said, be relevant. So look, it's fine to have a bit of fun in terms of what you talk about, but make sure you're on message with your company as well for the majority, if not all of uh, the posts that you put up. Right, good. Number four. Number four is to clearly identify your target market. So this is, the, this is a broad business tip anyway. I mean, you should know this, but particularly for, say, your website or your online presence, identify the keywords that people are using. This is what SEO is. It's about keyword research and targeted marketing. So if you know the keywords that people are looking for when they're finding your business, then make sure that you're using that into the content that you put on your website. Use that in the, the tweets that you put out. Uh, make sure that um, it's clear for, for your audience that this is what you do and Use those on a regular, consistent basis. Yeah. So if people were trying to attract you, being an IT person in your younger age group, yep. they'd use words like... Digital marketing, digital online market marketing. Handle, you use that word. But, it, but if you were trying to attract a 75-year-old... They might, it might be, you know, website, online help or web help. There's lots of different keywords that you can find and utilise. Um, if you don't know how to do that yourself, then we can help out. Or there's plenty of web experts that yeah. can help out. Yeah. There are some tools which will actually give you some basic broad terms. Mm. What we'd recommend is be specific. Don't, afraid, don't be afraid to get really targeted, even if it's, you know, if you say Mornington specialist website expert, something along those lines. Brody. No, no, no. I was just keeping you on your clock. Oh, yes. that's what you were doing. Am I running out of time? I wanted to say something. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. All right, John, number well, five. So number five. We're, we're shooting through <laughs> these. All right, so I've kind of already alluded to this, but it's content, content, content. Yeah. So all of this leads to adding something to your website on a regular basis. You want people to come back to see you, whether that's content through an email marketing uh, system or on your website or on, on social media. So add content, whether it be videos, podcasts, um, photos, um, articles, make sure that you're adding something on a regular basis, utilizing the keywords that we've just talked about. Yep. Be consistent, be on message, and that way you'll have a better chance of getting in front of more people. Right, that's five boot camp tips. Now, we also have next sitting next to John, Grant Arnott, our regular new age commerce expert. Hi, Grant. 
How are you, Jackie? I'm uh, excited. Happy 50th. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, as an e-commerce expert, uh, and Grant ha- publishes Power Retail and his new company, Brew Space. How's that going, by the way? Very well. Oh, excellent. Of course it is. Yeah, be- beautiful. Loads uh, what of are customers your... on the Mornington Peninsula. Is there? Hmm. Of course. Yeah, we all like good coffee Maybe. down here. Um, your five top tips all for right, e-commerce. So this is, this is for the retailers out there who are doing online. Free shipping is the most effective promotion you can offer online. So if you can't afford to offer free shipping on everything, find a threshold that's going to work. Customers are going to order more to get the free shipping. If you don't offer it and you add it at the checkout, uh, customers are going to click away. That's number one. Number two, um, further to what John said, content. It's your best employee. So use content to provide the information, the inspiration, the personality that your best employee in the store would offer someone who walked into your store. So use expert reviews, buyer's guides, style tips. They all go a huge way to assisting customers with making the sale. Same with using imagery. Again, great photography is going to help sell the product and replace that um, touchy-feely opportunity that they get in store with something equivalent online. Okay, number three. Number three, make contacting you easy. I mean, who says online is only about digital? Make your contact details prominent, phone number, email address. Uh, If you can, embrace live chat. Um, Put those social media buttons up front and center so people know that there's a multitude of ways to contact you. And then train your sales staff in social media, live chat, and phone sales. If um, times are slow at the store, uh, then you can get them online and uh, become an extension of your of your uh, yep. sales force. That's it's a, good it's tip. a multi-channel world now. Number four, the checkout. Um, a lot of people neglect this. Make it super friendly. Make it trustworthy. Remind customers that the site's safe and secure and use the know and trust markers uh, like the the Norton antivirus tag, if that's what you, you're using, or oh, not antivirus, but uh, the the, SS, the secure yeah. sockets layer certificate. Yeah. Um, make those those really prominent. Um, you know, so many people focus on the front end and getting people to put something in the cart and forget that they still need some guidance after that as well. Yeah. And number five, um, and then there's a bonus tip. Uh, number five, your email database of customers. It's your most effective marketing tool. So at every opportunity you can, entice people to subscribe for exclusive offers and then give it to them. So there's real meaning and, and a real reason to be part of that customer database ongoing. And the quick bonus tip, uh, delivered fast, uh, deliver fast. So we get so many compliments and great reviews from people who are amazed at our fast delivery. Mm. There's a lot of opportunities to do that. Um, Australia Post and Fastway and, and many other carriers now can enable that. Uh, take advantage of it. It doesn't cost much more, but it makes a huge impression. Excellent. Grant Arnott, thank you very much. John Young, thank you very much. On the other side of this break, we'll have our top five finance and one percenters tips. You're listening to Jackie Mitchell on RPPFM, taking care of business. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. It's 11.27 and we are having our top five tips today on our special edition 50th show and we're trying to make it as easy as ABC. That, of course, is the Jackson 5. And we have our, our very special guest, our regular Toby Travener from the Learning Company on the phone all the way from sunny Perth. Hi, Toby. Hi, Jackie, and it is sunny. I just want to rub that in. Oh, good on you. And you know what? It's sunny here too. <laughs> oh, good on <laughs> And I know, th- thank you for joining us today. I know that you've got um, things to do on the other side of the country. So thanks for making yourself available. But let's My get pleasure. stuck into it. The, your top five one percenters that will make a difference to your business. All right. So I don't know if you want to grab a pen, if people want to get ready to write things down, but it's going to be like 
taking a drink from a fire hose on full bore. So here we go. Jump in, Jackie, if you want to ask me any questions. Great. Off I'm, you go. I'm going to give you top five, and I'm going to start with number five. I call them Travener's Five Laws. Five Laws of One Percenters. Um, point number five, or tip number five, when in doubt, summarise. You know those moments when you're running a business and you've got, hmm, something's not right, it's not feeling good, I'm in trouble, business is down a little bit? Well, summarise where you're up to. Um, work out what's worked up to this point, see what's changed and see if you can repeat it. That also works for when you're in a meeting and things aren't going well. When in doubt, summarise. Summarise with the person you're talking to, what you're up to. And you know those moments when your brain goes into la-la land? The act of summary will give you a chance to get back on track again. Ah, number, great tip. Great there tip. There you go. Number four. Yep. Number four. Tip number four. Um, ask what else. Now, let's go into the meeting again. Fantastic in a meeting environment. If, if you're talking to a customer and so say, what are the areas that you're focusing on? They're always going to give you the first thing that comes to the top of their head, what I call the annual report answer. Ask what else a couple of times. And the truth comes out. And you're more likely to be able to work with that individual to make differences on, uh, on their business that will actually count. Same in your own business. What else can I be doing? How else can I work? And keep improving the business. Because if we go to number three, Travner's saying in number three is, the more I know, the easier it becomes. The more I know about my customer, the easier I can look after them. The more I know about things that might affect my business, the more I can look after them. So I'm a great believer in keep learning, keep listening to shows like yours, keep talking to other people and so on, keep learning. Because the more I know, the easier it becomes. And that allows you to go on to number two, the second law, which is it's easier to recall than to create. Now, I'm a great believer in, you know, some people are very good at thinking on their feet, you being one of them, Jackie, because you've got people like me talking to you. But it's a lot easier if you can remember something that you've thought about beforehand. So this is the planning component of a business. Rather than having to create on the spot, create it beforehand and then use it. So, as an example, those people I think on their feet very well are the ones I think who've thought about it beforehand. So, the more you spend time on working on things that you know will work, it's a lot easier in a meeting or in a business scenario, in a strategy scenario, or even in a negotiation scenario to just pull on one of those points. And it might be like, as an example, here's the moment for me to use statement 15A, and I know it's going to work. And that leads us to number one. Yes, now number one, the drum roll. Here we go. Off you go. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, Jackie, because this is, um, I've got a saying on this one. You use a scientific uh, piece of terminology. You know what a half-life is? A half-life? No, I don't. Okay. Um, some, of the, some of the other guests, and I know some of your listeners might be going, especially if they're younger, they'll be going, it's a first-person shoot up game. Steve might have said that, your producer. Um, half-life is often used in terms of, uh, in physics terms, as being how long it takes for something like a radioactive substance to become half as potent as it is now. So you may have heard of the half-life of uranium is however many hundred years. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. I have now. Oh, well, there you go. Well, I like, I like to take it as a more open uh, definition. Think of the half-life of anything is how long it takes anything to become half as potent as it is right now. And Travener's first law, or for one percent, is the half-life of a good idea is five days. And so what I mean by that, if you have a good idea, if you work on it in the first five days, it's going to be very strong. If you leave it another working week, it'll be half as strong. Another working week after a fortnight, it's a quarter. After another week, it's an eighth. And after a month, it's a sixteenth. It's basically gone. 
So my suggestion for anybody running a business is that if you have a great idea, do anything about it. Do something, but act on it quickly. It doesn't have to be implemented fully, but get started on it. Because you know what happens, Jackie? You go, that's a great idea, write it down, I'll get around to it. In a month's time, business has taken over, day-to-day's taken over, and you've got nothing left, and the idea and the impetus is gone. Yeah, and if we're to succeed, you know, sorry, if we're to succeed as small businesses, we just got to do things and be more agile than the big ones. And yeah. this is a way to do it. That's great. Great advice. And I was, was, as you were telling me your first tip about half-life, I was using your third tip of keep learning. So I've learned something. Yep, I learned something. Always learn at least a couple of new things every Friday on Taking Care of Business. Toby Travener, all the way from Perth. Enjoy that sunshine. Thank you very much for being part of the 50th show. Absolute pleasure. And congratulations, Jackie. 50 shows is an awesome achievement. Woohoo! Thank you. See you. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Now we have our time for our legal tips. We have Richard Goldsmith, who comes in regularly as our legal expert from Carol Goldsmith Lawyers. Richard, welcome. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks for having me. It's always good to have you in the studio. And congratulations. I always feel very secure. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, I always feel very sort of secure and knowledgeable. And I love, um, you know, sucking all the information out of you. Dear. Yeah. Because it's always good. It's good legal information. We'll do our best. Now, your top five legal tips. Well, like any typical lawyer, I'm going to avoid answering that question. (laughs) 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 Um, Look, for an established business, it's probably easy enough to say um, if you've got a new employee, you come and see me for an employment contract. If you've got some intellectual property you want to protect, we can talk about that. But the thing we see most, and, and I'd like to spend a bit more time on, is that when you have an initial business opportunity that you go and see a lawyer. You go and see your accountant, you'll see a lawyer and probably a financial advisor as well. It's important at that time because often, you know, the, the deal seems too good to be true, everyone's happy, everyone's optimistic and no one's looking out for the possibility that there might be an issue with this deal. Um, it's always a rush. I had some people come in and see me earlier in the week and they were, they were given a franchise agreement to sign and that, I looked at the date they signed it and it was the 23rd of the 12th, you know, it's practically Christmas Eve and there was all this rush that they had to sign it before Christmas. Oh. So they didn't get any advice and now they're stuck with this business that, that you know, that's failing. And, I, I, and the other thing that I learned out of that is that um, we're all good technicians, all of us in the room are good at the job we do, but running your own business is a completely different thing and I guess this is what the show's about. Yep. And it's about understanding that as a business owner, you need to have a whole heap of other skills, not just uh, the technician side. And so that requires getting the right advice from from your lawyer, from your accountant, um, getting a graphic designer to do your logo. Like any of those things, they're the experts in that field and you've got to go and see the experts. Okay. So is that number five? That's my number one. That's your number one? Yeah, okay. Look, that, people are going, it's interesting. People, some people are starting at five, some at one. Anyway, number one. Now, that's really good advice. Yeah, look, and, and that's, the, that, that's really the, the thing I'd like to, for listeners to get out of today is that you, you've got to see someone early. You, you can't wait and come and see us after everything, the proverbials hit the fan because there's not a whole lot we can do about it. And often we're just the bearer of bad news and, and that's why no one likes their lawyer. So it should be part, <laughs> part of the plan, part, part of your checklist on your plan. It's got to be part of your plan. It's got to be part of your budget. You know, you, you've got to pay for the services. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that, that goes w- without saying. Yeah. You know, people are reluctant. The legal dollar people spend, it's the last dollar in their wallet. They, okay. They're really reluctant to, to part with their money for Number legal four? services. Um, well, uh, it's part of protecting your assets. And so that's making sure that you, um, when you set up a business, you set it up in the right way. And that might be incorporating. We see a lot of people who set up as sole traders and don't understand that the risk they might be putting their um, private assets at at 
um, you know, if you're a sole trader and um, you start uh, su suffering some debts, um, you own your house, well, that becomes part of the, the, the assets that people can recover from. So setting up your business in the right way the first time is important, and that's done with your lawyer and in, obviously, consultation with your accountant generally. Yeah, it's good yeah. advice. Oh, sorry, I went read the wrong way. That was number two, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was two. Yeah, yeah. number three now. No, number three, um, a business name. So making sure that and this is all part of... Um, protecting IP, checking business name registers, making sure that uh, the name you want to use is, is unique enough um, and uh, it doesn't infringe on anyone else's um, and that's, uh, you get it registered and so that you've got that own, you own that as an asset. Um, we're all, a lot of us, are building businesses um, not just to earn a wage but to build a business that's worth something that maybe one day um, is uh, able to be sold and all these things form part of those assets that uh, on the eventual sale that you can realise some value from it. So yep. that's an important yeah, part of it. Yeah, that's a really good one. Mm. Yeah. And, mm. and, the, and the domain name as well as your business name. If yeah, you can, of course. The yeah, whole that's part right. of the package, isn't it? Absolutely. Number four? Number four, um, uh, employment law is a big issue and that's um, understanding how um, your rights and your employee rights um, coexist ensuring that um, if you have problems with your employees, how you deal with those and they have policies in place that are clear and um, concise and can be um, followed by both parties. Um, that, that, that's a really important part because um, often a uh, disgruntled employee will look to, to recover purely out of spite and that can cost you time and money out of your business. Yeah, yeah. So we see that fairly regularly as well. Number five? And number, f number five... Um, I, I think I was probably going to talk um, about um, uh, employment law, which we've already done. So, look, I feel like I've covered the areas I want to talk about. But the main thing I wanted to really get across was that it's important that you see someone early. Yeah. You, pl you plan your business yeah. and you, you um, uh, listen to your advisors and um, respect that they're providing an objective opinion. And sometimes it might come from the devil's advocate view. And that's often what we do is we challenge our clients to ensure that you know they've got enough funds. They've they've got the business expertise, and they understand um, the risk that they're taking by going into these sorts of different ventures. Richard, question off notice, if I may. Of course. If I was opening a new business, how much should I put aside for this setting up process in terms of the relationship with my lawyer? Uh, look, if you're asking us to look at a contract and provide some advice and, and see that through, look, no more than three or four thousand dollars, right. I wouldn't imagine. Um, depending on the the complexity of the advice and and our involvement. Um, it, it could go up and it could be less. Yeah. It really could. But it, it, look, sometimes it's amazing. I get a phone call and I can give someone 15 minutes of advice over the phone. It won't cost them anything. You know, no, no. But, it, but, it, 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 but it's certainly something that should be in your pre-launch pre right. budget, shouldn't it? But, but people remain reluctant to call lawyers because of sure. the, the, the idea that it's going to, you know, the, oh, the clock's ticking as soon as you answer the phone. That's why they need to listen to Taking Care of Business because all this advice is free. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Really appreciate it. Always your expertise is... is well worth listening to. Love it. Love having you in the studio. And sitting next to Richard is the glamorous Marg Harrison from Business Times magazine. Hi, Marg. Hi, Jackie. Congratulations on your 50th anniversary. Yeah, it's good. You do such a great job. It's such a professional, easy to listen to show and informative. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Well, we try. It's only going to get better. <laughs> Every show gets better. Now, your top five tips, please. Well, I, I bought my top five favourite magazines 
magazines. Yep, stories. Um, it's our 50th magazine in October. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh. so I brought in and I found all these magazines in our office, um, in our filing system. Mm. Not. Um, our first one was the girls who started, Belinda and Mel, who started in Dota in Spa. Dota, yep. Um, and they're Woodley girls, so that's a great story. Yeah, yeah and it's another a very successful business. Wonderful story. And, of course, all these stories are available on our website. So we've got all the past issues on our website, businesstimes.net.au. The next one was a big favourite with all the guys. They remember this one. Yeah. We had Megan Gale on the front. Right, yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's always going to attract attention, isn't it? She was um, at Michelle Ann's and, um, you know, we went and took photos of her and, and interviewed her, so that was great. And this is a great story. Richard Pryor from 5AM Yogurt has just sold his company for, what, $20 million, Richard? It was $80 million. $80 million, sorry. What's a oh. $80 million to but a It's UK great company. yogurt. It's fantastic. I buy it and uh, it's really good yogurt. But isn't that a great business story? It's a great story. story, yeah. Might have to get him on the show. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we all love oh, Charles Ch- Davison Pinch, from Pinch, the Hot Peninsula Springs. Hot Springs. Yeah, yes. love Charles. And yeah. love that new bus, the Peninsula Explorer, yes. that he's working on. That has been a passion of his for years. Yes, We're doing has. a story about it in the next issue. Excellent. Um, he's been working on that with some other business partners who are investing a lot of money yep. to support it's this exactly because we need, we need it. exactly what we need, yeah. Now, yeah. Is, is that five? Was oh, the fifth one was oh, the, the one last one. month, which I did love, Chairman of the Boards, where the we've got boards. the surfy yeah. chairman and they, they have their passion, which was surfing, and they've made successful businesses. Fantastic so, stories. Thanks, Always Jackie. Always good stories in Business Times magazine. You can pick copies up here at RPFM in the foyer or, or online. Online, businesstimes.net.au. They're all online. Mark Harrison, thank you very much, Business Times, and Richard Goldsmith. Thank, thank you, you, Jackie. Thank you very much. Now, we've got to keep moving forward. Uh, again, while we catch our breath, here are some messages we can't do without. Okay, that was Maroon 5 with the 5 theme going on. We have Warwick Merry, who's the Get More guy. He's going to give us our top five tips on engagement, followed directly by Christine Hart-Savage, who's going to give us our top five stress management tips. So here's Warwick. Congratulations taking care of business on 50 shows. Awesome work, Jackie. That is sensational. It's been an absolute delight to be part of it. So what I wanted to do today was to share with your listeners the top five keys to engagement. Now, this is to be used whether you're networking with someone, maybe you've got someone prospecting, walking into your store, if you've got a retail environment, maybe you're at a trade show, you want to engage with people. These are what I believe are the five keys to successful engagement. Number one, smile. I am stunned the number of times that I'll go somewhere and the assistant or the person who's representing the organization isn't smiling. Smiling is attractive. Have a big smile and you will find that you'll attract people to you a whole lot better. Number two is be interested. So be interested in them. What do they want to hear about? What are they talking about? What do they want to see? It's too easy to get into, let me tell you about me and my stuff and buy my stuff and this is good and you should buy it. I strongly encourage you to listen first. So be very interested in them, what their needs are and what they are looking for. The third one is to have some one-liners. Getting the attention of people nowadays, if you're networking with someone and you wanna go up and talk to them, Yes, you can say, hi, how are you? Or, hi, I'm Warwick from, you know, Master MC and and Expo Guru. But 
What about some groovy little one-liners, the funky little line? I call them pickup lines. Great little one-liners that you can use to engage with people. Uh, I think we're all sick of going into a retail environment going, hi, how are you today? Because they don't really care about it. They're just saying it. Have something different. Have something stand out. When people say to me, hi, how are you today? I will typically say, I'm delightful. I get so much feedback on how they weren't expecting that, and wow, that's a great way to be, or oh, it's so much better than everybody else that comes in here. So come up with something that is quirky, unusual, and quite memorable, and you'll find that you can engage a whole lot better. Tip number four is have a crowd. Nothing builds a crowd like a crowd, and what you're trying to do is get some interest. So if you're at a networking event, don't just talk one-on-one. If someone's circling past, you say, hey, come on come on in, be the host, and, in, and say, hi, I'm Warwick, and this is Julie, who I've just met, and here's Jackie, and what do you do, Jackie? And oh, Julie was talking about this. Really engage with them and build that crowd up, because in the same way that if you're running a retail store and a couple of people come in, talk with them, and if someone else comes over, build the crowd, because it builds interest. I think we've all seen, you know, you'll go into a shopping center, and there'll be stores that are just empty and then there are other stores that have got few people in it we feel more comfortable when there's a crowd same with restaurants when we're trying to pick where are we going to eat tonight if the place is empty we're less likely to enter it so build a crowd number five already alluded to which is be the host make it so it's not about you so if you're engaging with someone at a trade show or a sponsorship booth really facilitate the conversation, be the host, be very welcoming. If they're not interested in your product, don't just sort of go, oh, well, thanks for coming, see you later. Find out who they are interested in and say, you know, I think I saw those two aisles over or you really must speak to Jackie, she's the guru in marketing, she's going to help you with this, et cetera, et cetera. So be the host. Networking events, this is brilliant. Rather than just saying, oh, hi, I'm Warwick and this is Julie, you can say, oh, this is Julie. Now, Julie's an expert in... Da 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 da, um, and and this other person I know, Fred, he's an expert in da 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 da. So give some context to it, and it just makes it a lot, whole lot easier to connect. So they would be my five keys to the art of engagement. Number one is smile. Number two is be interested in in the individual. Number three, have some one-liners up your sleeve so you can talk about them. Number four, have a, build a crowd. Nothing builds a crowd like a crowd. So have a crowd. And number five, be the host. Congratulations, Jackie, again on 50 shows. It is awesome. And I look forward to being around for your next 50 shows. Hi Jackie, it's Christine Hart Savage here. Congratulations on taking care of business's 50th show. A real milestone. Or do we say kilometre stone these days? (laughs) Anyway, congratulations. And I must say it's been a joy to be part of your team. As part of our SOS Savage on Stress segment, here are my top five tips. Number one. Take regular breaks. We often sit at our computers and our desks for hours and hours without taking a break. And this is stressful for the body. So get up at least every hour and take a minute just to walk around, stretch your body and get the energy moving and flowing again. Number two, breathe. We can often be concentrating really strongly for hours and we forget to breathe. And it's a lack of good breathing that creates stress in the system. The quickest way to re-energize the brain and the body is through good breathing. 
If you just take a couple of minutes to focus on your breathing, breathing in through the nose and out through the nose, and just gently extend your breath, just making it longer and fuller. Doing this in a very soft, soft way. And just doing that for a couple of minutes. And that will actually start to energize your mind and your body and calm your whole system down. Number three, lift your eyes upward. We spend a lot of time these days looking down on computers, iPhones, all of our electronic gadgets that we have. Looking down for long periods at a time can create a feeling of emotional flatness. So it's not really good for our emotional health. It's a good thing to sit up or to stand up and actually lift your eyes upward and outward to the distance and sort of look around and take in a view from afar and that will lift your emotional state. Number four, think well. Watch the quality of your thinking. Negative thinking produces anxiety and stress and not only that, it weakens the body, literally. So choosing positive, good quality thoughts will help you to feel good. Number five, laugh. This is my favorite. Laughter is one of the best stress busters and it's fun to laugh. So you could set your phone for every hour and to laugh for a minute or at least 30 seconds. You might feel like a bit of a nut. However, it's really great for busting stress. If you're in a situation where that's not possible, smile. Smiling releases endorphins as well. And it's that, that's the really feel-good hormone. So to summarize the five tips, take regular breaks, breathe, lift your eyes upward and outward, think well, positive thoughts, and laugh and smile as often as you can. These simple tips really do make a difference. You'll find that your stress levels come down, your anxiety levels come down, and you start to feel more balanced and just a lot better in general. And we all deserve to feel good and to enjoy our lives. And that completes my top five tips for this week. I wish you a wonderful 50 show celebration, Jackie, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. We look forward to seeing you too, Christine, Heart Savage and Warwick Mary, all great advice from our experts. Now, we're coming into the studio now is John Ross from Ethos Financial Advisors. Hi, John. Hi, Jackie. I'd like my top five money tips, please. Well, first of all, congratulations Thank to you, you as well on your 50 shows. Thank That's quite you. an achievement. Yeah, it's good fun. Yes, it's been, been terrific. Now, just picking up on what... Uh, our last expert was saying um, to smile more. Well, I guess if your finances are in order, yeah. it'll probably give you more of a reason to smile yes, and certainly worry less and, and, and maybe have a, a less uh, stressful life overall. So some of this advice can be combined, I think. Number one, and this, this comes back to stress management as well, I think, is be organised. Mm. A lot of people I see whose finances are all over the place their paperwork is all over their place and on paperwork I mean their online stuff's all over the place as well so if they're organized it's more likely you'll be in control and I think that's the first step actually it's yeah. just to be organized number two is to think long term I think a lot of us think very short term 
Um, and if we can think about long term, it'll help us to make better investments and not thinking about how we'll be better off in six months time, but how we'll be better off in five years or 10 years time, because it is very difficult to make money in the short term and you really have to be strategic in your thinking. Yeah, it's good advice. Num- number three ties in with that and it's a magic thing, compound interest. It, it gets totally, well, not totally forgotten about, but does get put to the side. Compound interest works. And I don't just mean at the moment interest rates are so low, 3% compound interest on that. Yes, that's hard work. But I'll give you an example. Commonwealth Bank listed at $5.40 in about 1992. Um, today it's $80 and every year it's increased its dividend. Now, obviously that's a very successful stock, but and there's others that haven't been as successful, but it's a perfect illustration of compound interest over time and just reinvesting the the income that you've made from an investment and building it up over time. So if you can really, part of compound interest is hanging on to your capital, so not losing money. Yep. But money makes money. So compound interest should not be forgotten. It takes patience and it is long term, but you get results from compound interest and that's certainly... How our, how, how our business is structured. Number um, two. Number four, we're up to Jackie. Oh, number four. That was number three, compound oh, interest. sorry, I'm going the wrong way. Organised, yeah. long-term, That's compound it. interest. And number four is just, this sounds very straightforward, but just see how much income an investment makes. If you're looking at buying a property, see what the rental income is. If you're looking at a company, see how much dividend income it is. The, generally, the lower the income, the higher the risk, other than the bank deposit, because the income is giving you the um, the benefit of, of being able to value the business really easily mm. because you're getting an income from it. But if there's no income from it, it's much more speculative. Like a mining stock that hasn't got anything to mine yet, has no income, highly speculative mm. and therefore highly risky. Yeah. And my number five tip is to have a plan. Ideally, you'd have an expert to do that for you. But even if you just do one yourself, have a strategic plan and... And, and, and try and think, and this comes back to my second point, thinking long-term, it all ties in, and it ties in with being organized. So the five tips, again, are be organized, think long-term, compound interest, just assess how much an income and investment makes, and get a plan. Fantastic advice, as always. Thank you very much, John Ross, for your expertise, our finance right, expert on taking care of business. You're going to stick around and have a glass of um, Crittenden's wine with us, aren't you, after the show? I I very much hope so, yes. And some uh, a nice lunch uh, being sponsored by Brandstore Marketing is sponsored a lunch for us today afterwards. Very generous organisation. Which is very nice. Now, just quickly (laughs) to finish off, I thought it was appropriate, I'm looking at the time, um, the top five lessons I've learnt in 50 shows. And number one, I'm going to start with number one, is systems. Every good good business has a systems. And that's been a consistent message from all the experts I've had through, is to put some systems in place for your business. Number two is get your A-team. Number three, sorry, number two A-team means get your experts in to get some help. Um, number three, how important networking is as a business tool. Every entrepreneur I've had on the show has all said the same thing. So networking is really important. Number four, body language. Look for three clues, not one. That was when we had Alan Peace on. Oh, I thought that was really interesting. And number five, lazy people are good. 
to have in your business because they show you shortcuts. So have a look to see because they'll find the shortest <laughs> route there, for, find, learn from that, but then move them on to another job. Don't keep them in that job for too long. <laughs> so they're my top five tips from 50 shows. I'd like to thank all our guests for this Fast and Furious show today. Jared Carmen, Brody Guzay, John Young, Grant Arnott, Toby Travener, John Ross, Richard Goldsmith, Warwick Merry, Christine Hart Savage, Mark Harrison, Steve, our panel operator and production manager, can't do it without you. And I certainly can't do a show without any of my guests. The guests are the key to the success of this show. There's no question about that. So thank you for that. Coming up after the news is Navigating Change with Senator Summers. Keep listening to Taking Care of Business, though. Uh, for the next 50 shows, we will only get better. And as our theme band, Backman Turner Overdrive, puts it perfectly, you ain't seen nothing yet. I look forward to your company next Friday at 11am. In the meantime, keep taking care of your business.